0: Hello and welcome to the White Trash Podcast. This episode is gonna be completely about one topic. And well, one topic, but also like I'm gonna be talking about a few different movies, but it's all about generally one person. That person is Hunter S. Thompson. He's uh he's one of my favorite people ever. He's top five, one of my favorite people ever. Like outside of athletes and like rappers. He's, he's my favorite person, you know. Um, the dude was just different. He was just so... Just different in every sense of the word. Than most people, you know. So, so many people are... Uh, just kind of typical. Kind of average. A lot of people are living the same lives. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are living... A life that has been lived a literally a million times. Like, you know, you, you 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 live, you have kids, you get a wife, you get a husband, you work at a job, and then you eventually die. And like that's been a life that a lot of people have lived with, you know, you know, very few differences. Very, very few. I mean, usually there's a divorce in there somewhere, you know. Maybe a a DUI, who knows. But nothing, I mean, most people's lives, most regular people, their lives are pretty much kind of all the same, you know. The only difference is, like, they watch different shows or they enjoy different activities. But, like, their actual, most, most, the chunk of their life is exactly the same. It, it's insane how similar it is. Um, <clears throat> Hunter S. Thompson did not live like that. And that's one of the reasons I love the dude. He lived a very different life. <clears throat> he was a wild man. And he was like just really, um, there's a, there a saying, um, someone who marches to the beat of their own drum. Like, I feel like that quote was invented for people like Hunter, you know? It's the only way to describe him. There's no other way, really, to be like, you know, this dude was not, he was walking his own path, you know? He was completely walking his own path. And what's great about him is, like, when you see people like that, that's one of the problems is there's a lot of people who are, like, claiming to walk their own path or they're like i'm carving out some new path that no one else has walked before very few people have walked before they're complete they're just so full of shit this guy really carved out his own path like i mean from growing up in kentucky to like ended up in puerto rico working for some bullshit newspaper you know, writing a novel before he was 30, but not finishing it, he was just, I mean, crazy alcoholic when he was in Puerto Rico, just got into so much shit, I mean, this dude was beat up by the cops, like, three times, beat up by the Hells Angels, I mean, he eventually kills himself, like, that's one of those things, like, I would never glorify suicide, but, like, it was so obvious to anyone who was a fan of his that that was how he was going to go out. There was no way. <clears throat> there was literally zero percent chance that that guy was going to die any other way. You know, like outside of like a car accident or something out of his control. But he was never going to die in a bed. You know, ninety years old, clinging on to life. <clears throat> that was never going to happen for him. He would. He never wanted that. Um, I connect with this guy on so many levels, though. Even though I don't drink, and I don't do drugs really, I smoke a lot of pot. But that's that's all I've ever done. I've done mushrooms once, um, but I've never. You know, he used to do coke. He's done acid. I mean, he that dude did on in that just in the one movie, Fair and Loathing in Las Vegas, that was inspired by a real story. I mean, him and uh, I fucking ask what the fuck is that dude's name? Um, the the lawyer. His uh, Oscar Cortez or something. So, yeah, some. I always forget his first name. Alexandria. Andrea I, 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 I always you know it's funny. I always get a, his name mixed up with that that politician AOC. Um, they have like a similar sounding name. I almost just said her name. That's funny. But um, yeah, that that guy. You know who I'm talking about? The lawyer in Fear and Loathing. Uh, his friend who was like. Yeah, he was, uh, he was part of, like, the, uh, one of the guys that was, like, trying to help, you know, young Mexican people, uh, get out of these unfair court cases, and that guy was also a wild, wild guy, you know, he was a wild fuck, um, I had to Google it, because it was bothering me, that's his name, Oscar Zeta Acosta, I knew it was something Acosta, I mean... Zeta is definitely the weirdest fucking middle name I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if that's, like, a regular name in the Hispanic community. Um, but, yeah, he just... So, I, I identify with him on so many levels. Like, I, same thing, kind of same thing with Eminem. Like, he was just... Hunter was very good at what he did. One of the best ever. Very funny. But also can be very serious. Same with Eminem. Can be very funny, but also can be very serious um, had a crazy drug phase, I mean, really never, I'm not exactly sure how much drugs he was doing right near his death, Uh, I'm guessing a good amount, I don't think he ever stopped, um, I know he never got sober or anything, I just, I don't know if he was, like, doing the hard drugs to the very end, I I assume, um, I never, it's kind of, it's one of the very few things I don't know about him, because I know he killed himself, but I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's not documented well, but I don't know his last few years of life. I know he was, I mean, at some of those years, I think, or at least a few a few of the years where he was wearing, like, a diaper sometimes, and he was really falling apart, and he was miserable. And so I, I can imagine he was still doing drugs to, you know, Trying to deal with what was happening to him. Because he, I mean, he rode his fucking body hard. I mean, god damn. He he rode his body. I mean, very little sleep. When he did sleep, it was sporadic. It was, you know, it was never the good kind of sleep that doctors want you to get. Here's a really great quote that kind of explains how this man lived from him. He goes... Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skate in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Yeah, like, this dude did that. Like, he, he, he did that. He, he came in broadside, hit a telephone pole, ran over a stop sign, and, like, yeah, he fucking... Yeah, that dude had a... He had 67 years... I mean, goddamn, he he lived more in 10 of his years than, I mean, I would even say like he lived more in one year than most people live in an entire lifetime. It's really, it's goddamn crazy, his goddamn stories. Like it's, I mean, who, who voluntarily goes and hangs out with the Hell's Angels what he brought his family there, the man brought his family there. <laughs> like I know, I know he didn't expect anything bad to happen to them, but like, he eventually did get beat up by those by those people. So like, it's not. I don't know if they would have harmed a woman and a child, but like, everyone was on acid while they were there. So like, not. I don't know. It's like he just brought his family there. <laughs> like he brought his fucking. <coughs> he brought his wife and his son there. Um, he just, you know, I mean, there's just so many fucking crazy happenings in this man's life. And he lived in a way that like, it really, um, he, he would say it was like trading time later for time now. Like I'm working myself to death and doing all these drugs and alcohol, but it's for a, it's for writing purposes, you know? This is how he wrote this is how he got himself prepared to write. Um there is a great like newspaper article they did on him years ago that Joe Rogan kind of made famous by reading on his podcast and it's just like it goes it's you know <clears throat> a few reporters or something kind of lived with Hunter for like a full day or two and just kind of wrote down everything he did throughout the day like they would just kind of stay You know, a few feet away Just keep an eye on him And every time he would light a cigarette They'd write it down Every time he would take a drink They'd write it down Whatever he'd eat They'd write it down And his fucking Just full day schedule Was Inconceivable Like So this is this daily routine I I feel like I have to Do it I have to do it I just have to read this It's fucking insane So I, I want you to know that he he basically, I'll, I'll kind of go this backwards almost. I'll start backwards and then start. I'll just tell you the last thing he does. Basically, he goes to sleep at eight twenty in the morning. So, like that explains what the first thing. Okay, so he goes to sleep at eight twenty in the morning because that you need to know that because the first thing says three p.m. rise. He wakes up at 3 p.m. Because he's going to sleep at 8.20. Right? Like that. That actually makes sense. But it's fucking insane. Like he wakes up at 3 in the afternoon. So rise. 3 p.m. 3.05. Chivas Regal with morning papers. Dunhill cigarettes. 3.45. Cocaine. 3.50. Another glass of Chivas. And a cigarette. 4.05. First cup of coffee and a cigarette. 4.15, cocaine. 4.16, orange juice and a cigarette. They're called Dunhills, but I mean, yeah, I don't know if anyone knows what a fucking Dunhill is, but cigarettes. 4.30, cocaine. 4.54, cocaine. 4, 5.05, cocaine. 5.11, coffee, Dunhills. 5.30, more ice in the shivas, 5.45, cocaine. <clears throat> 6.00 p.m., Grass to take the edge off. He's smoking weed after, you know, all that cocaine. (coughs) Because, you know, he's been awake for... I mean, he he starts doing cocaine after being awake for 45 minutes. So, at 6 p.m., he smokes some weed to take the edge off. At 7.05, he goes to the Woody Creek Tavern for lunch. This is his order. Heineken, two margaritas... Two cheeseburgers, two orders of fries, a plate of tomatoes, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, bean fritter, cigarettes, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone that he then pours uh, shivas in, which is like a, some kind of whiskey or something, or, uh, no, it's like a, I think it's like a um, bourbon, actually. Something like that. Doesn't matter. He's drinking. Uh, So, uh, 9 9 p.m. cocaine. 10 p.m. drops acid. (laughs) I think he has to be one of the only people on the goddamn planet to do an enormous amount of cocaine throughout the day and then... Well, hours later, he did cocaine at 9 p.m. An hour later, he's dropping acid. And then at 11 p.m., he's uh, drinking Sartreuse, and then cocaine, and then he's smoking weed. 11.30, cocaine. Midnight. Hunter is ready to write. So just to get ready to write, he does, I mean, an enormous amount of coke. Smokes a little bit of weed, a uh, whole lot of drinking, a whole lot of... F- I mean, enough food for three people. Fucking crazy how much that dude eats. I mean, that's insane. <coughs> so, he starts writing at midnight. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. So, uh, 12.05 to 6 a.m. Sartreuse, cocaine, weed, Shivas Coffee, uh, what is that word? Oh, Heineken. There's like a little smudge on the paper. Uh, so, so I'll start again. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass, Chavis, coffee, Heineken, cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhills, orange juice, gin. 6 a.m. in the hot tub with champagne, dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo. At 8am, he takes a sleeping pill And he's asleep by 820 This fucking dude I mean, if you want to see that list Look it up your goddamn self I have it on my phone I mean, I saved it to my phone That's that's so goddamn insane He drops acid At 10pm After doing cocaine All day Like, what the fuck I didn't even think those two drugs go together, like, at all. I thought they would be, like, on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, you would never mix those two things. But, this dude just did whatever he felt like and really, I mean, he thought this is what it took to get him to the place where he was writing good stuff. And, I mean, it was kind of true. I mean, I'm sure he wrote good stuff when he wasn't completely fucked up too, but... I mean, he wrote good stuff in Puerto Rico and he was just drinking a lot, but even then, I mean, he was still really intoxicated a lot, drinking a lot of rum. <clears throat> but this man is like a cult hero. I mean, he has three movies made about him. What fucking journalist, what fucking author do you know that has three movies made about him? Two starring Johnny Depp, one with Bill Murray. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's fucking insane. And then he has like, so many documentaries made about him uh, so many I mean so many books written about him uh, his son juan s Thompson wrote a book about his life with his father which is so good I listened to the audiobook of it twice um, and then Timothy devey I think his name is um, did a, did a book that I listened to the audiobook of twice about um you know a really in-depth look at hunter's crazy ride over 20 years what do you know kind of started popping and then to you know to the end point really well done both of those books are amazing um suggest you check them out if you haven't especially Juan's book Juan S. Thompson I mean you're not going to get a better look at who Hunter was through you know it's it, you're not going to get a better look than through his son's eyes his son talks about how he used to clean guns with him and you know they didn't do a lot of talking but you know you know sometimes they did and Talk about how angry he was sometimes And you know But sometimes he was like Kind of nice And Just very complicated man Um And uh It's so weird He um He just He's just one of those Treasured people That like There's just not too many Of those guys walking around If anything You know He might have been the only person (coughs) It's like, we need people like that. We really do. Even though I have no aspirations to be anything like that. I would like to harness like, one fourth of that, you know? I like, that's why I started doing mushrooms. I was like, he definitely did some acid and some mushrooms. I don't want to do coke, but like, I want to like, go halfway, I don't want to drink, you know, I just want to, uh, I'm also trying to live a different life, he's trying to, he was being a journalist and an author, and I'm just trying to be a comedian, but I also want to make sure I don't get locked in this thing where like, I feel like I need an intoxicant or a drug, you know, to get good at writing or to be good at writing or to sustain being good at writing, I don't want that for myself, I'd rather, Um, I guess I'd rather fail than like, get dependent on a drug, you know, um I think it can be I think you can be a great writer without being drunk. I know a lot of um a lot of the greatest authors ever were drunks and uh but not a, you know some of the best comedians were uh, also on drugs. It's it's tough to ignore but I would um I would say that I smoked a lot of weed in my life and I've done mushrooms once and I plan on doing them again. And I think just having experiences, you know, trying different things. Like I plan on going to Burning Man at some point. Um, I plan on going to Egypt. I plan on doing a lot of different things. I want to try, I want to try a lot of different stuff that gets me out of my comfort zone so that I, you know, I don't want to just do things to get material out of it, but I think having different experiences gives you a wider range of stuff to talk about, you know, so that's kind of the idea. And, um, even though me and Hunter obviously never met, um, I feel like, I feel like I know him. It's very strange. I feel like I know so much about him cause I do. I mean, I know I've seen everything that you could watch about the man. I've, I've read almost fucking, I've read, uh, four of his books and I've listened to two audiobooks about him twice. And I've seen all of the movies that are about him, all three of them multiple times. Um, Where the Buffalo Room with Bill Murray is fantastic. I feel like that actually captures him uh, probably the best. But I still think Fear and Loathing is the best movie. Because it's just so entertaining. And then um, The Rum Diaries with Johnny Depp uh, is really good too. But they're all very good. But um, <clears throat> I would say Fear and Loathing is the best. Just because it's so goddamn hilarious. And what a fucking wild story that is. And how it's fucking true. I mean, goddamn... It's fucking true. These dudes are fucking nuts. I mean, just just if you've never seen the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or The Rum Diaries or Where the Buffalo Room, I suggest you watch all three, but definitely start with Fear and Loathing. Um, I feel like there's a very small chance that anybody listening to this hasn't seen that movie, but just it's worth it. It's worth saying just in case you haven't, or maybe if you haven't seen it in a while, watch it again, you know? If you haven't seen it in six, seven years, there's parts you've forgotten. Watch it again. There's like small nuances in the movie that will make you laugh that you just forgot about. Um, but yeah, I really, I use that dude as inspiration. I actually have my friend drawing a picture of him um, at Big Sur in California. He's sitting out by like um, like a cliff. He has his typewriter and he's like smoking a cigarette. Um... With no shirt on. (laughs) He's just sitting there like really young. Really young. He's like... You know... Probably in his 20s. Um... I have a friend who's drawing that for me. Because she's a good artist. I can't wait to get it. Um... I just... I uh... I have one of his books right here. Uh... Songs of the Doomed. Um... I actually need to buy more of his actual books. I just have a lot of them on my phone as audiobooks. Or like you know... E-books or something. Um... But, yeah, I just, um, I'm pretty infatuated with the guy, and he, like, he just, the the way he would do things is so bizarre, but so genius, like, he rewrote The Great Gatsby, like, hundreds of times, I think, at least, like, a hundred times, he just literally wrote it, like, word for word, he just, he would type it out to, like, get a feel for it, to, like, get a feel for the genius that fucking um, Hemingway was, you know, putting out there, it's fucking crazy to think, like, that's so, like, I'm gonna actually start doing that, like, I want to do that with David Tell, like, I want to literally get, like, a manuscript of David Tell in Mitch Hedberg's, uh, jokes, and I want to, like, literally write them out, because I just feel like there's something, even if it only gives me, like, a one percent boost, like, I'm taking the one percent, you gotta do what you gotta do to get better at this kind of shit, you know? You gotta you have to put in the hard work, but you also have to be creative. You have to fucking get a feel for how the greats did things and i'm I'm not trying to be an average comic. I don't want to be average in anything. you know Every time I go to work, I want to be like the best worker there or one of the best workers there. Um, I, uh, I have no aspirations for mediocrity. Um, I think it's very easy to be mediocre. I think it's it's the easiest thing. Um, I think that's one of the problems I have with civilization and society in general So many people are very, very okay with mediocrity They think what they're doing is great They're like, I had a kid and I have a a nice house And we have a dog and we're married and we did it It's like, guys, you guys both work at jobs you don't like That's That's not making it You have not made it That is not the answer that is not, I'm not saying everybody can be an artist or everyone can be a fucking, you know, a recording artist or a fucking a writer or a comedian. Obviously, we need people to work at a grocery store. But, like, there's so many people that have potential They have no idea that they have potential. They have literally no clue. And they've never even tried to harness it at all. What's so weird is, like, you should be trying to make a better life for your kids. Like, you should... Guess what guess what happens when you have a actual career that you enjoy? You actually come home happier and you uh you know and like if you can make actual real money from that career that you enjoy, it's even better for your kids because you're making more money and you enjoy your job. And then like your kids can see that. Like, wow. You know, dad or mom or both have jobs they enjoy. <clears throat> and they see something they're passionate about. Maybe I can do that too, you know? So many fucking people have no idea that they're like you're, you're setting a bad example for your children, you know, like it's a good example to be a, a hard worker, but like you, you don't want to let your kids know that it's like a default setting that, yo, you just go get a job and work at Ace Hardware or fucking Home Depot your entire life, and yeah, maybe you get promoted there, cool, like you're still not gonna enjoy it, um, I've had jobs where I love the people I work with, love, love the people I work with, and I still hated the job, i'm saying it's not it's not something i want to do like that i don't want to do a job like that so it's not i mean the people can't make the job If, if that's doing it for you then you have very low expectations i mean i think you i think people need to aim higher in general and i think hunter aimed very very high and that's why he was successful i think all the successful people aim very very high and that's not a fucking you know that's not a coincidence if you're not aiming high you will land very very low i promise you And uh, I'm aiming fucking high, dude. I aim high with women. I aim high with my expectations of myself. And I don't always reach them. But I'm still aiming high. Aiming real high. I'm aiming high with my comedy. I'm aiming high with my aspirations. With everything. I just aim high. Uh, To aim lower in the middle is cheating yourself, I think. And I think a lot of people feel like they've accomplished something by having a family. It's like... I mean, it's good to do that, but you haven't accomplished a goddamn thing. You found someone that you are compatible with, okay? That's not really hard work at all. I mean, in most, most fucking marriages end in divorce, so, like, half the people out there think they've accomplished something, it's about to end in a few years, so, you know, be aware of that. But also, like, having kids is the easiest thing on the goddamn planet. I mean, people have kids on accident now, like, more than ever. It's, it, it's, they're literally... They're saying these things that they did on accident or their accomplishment. Like, what the fuck, dude? The bar is so low. It's so fucking low. Oh, you graduated high school and you got a job. Oh, you you made it, dude. You did it. Oh, my God. That life. I ever ever since I was a kid, I've looked at that life and I'm like, that's not going to be fucking my life, dude. I will not allow it. I, I hate to, like, put down that life, but... For some people, they're they're wicked happy. And if that actually makes you really happy, and you work at a Home Depot, or you work at a fucking dental office, or whatever, and you actually enjoy your job. Like, some people are nurses, and they actually really enjoy helping people. There are exceptions to this rule. But there's so many people who are, like, tricking themselves into thinking they like their job. And then if you, like, ask them to write down what they like about it, they have, it's the shortest list. They're like, well, look, the people I work with, and... And then they're like, Well you're like, is the job fulfilling to you? And they're like, Well no And it's like, Well, do you like to pay? Well well no. But do you is do you, I like to commute, it's really close to my house. It's like, dude, oh my god, bullet in your head. It's you're you're dead in four years. You you you're jumping off a bridge. Like it's weird. People trick themselves into being comfortable, you know? People People are scared to take risks, so they they trick themselves into thinking that the life they have is what they actually wanted, Uh, and most of the time it's not true, and it's sad, and uh, again, I'm I'm not saying anyone who's an artist or trying to be an artist or trying to do something, you know, that they are passionate about, we're not, you know, we're not better than anybody, we're just choosing a different path that we think is going to make, I'm trying to... Live a life I think is going to make me happy, and I know doing those other jobs won't make me happy. There's no way, I, there's zero way that it could make me happy. So why would I not go for something like comedy, or you know whatever whatever it is that you want to that you want to do? Why would you not go for that? You know, with like full fucking charge, just really fucking go for it. You know, and if guess what? If you spend ten years on it and it goes nowhere, okay, at least you fucking tried you know, at least least you can say, like, oh, I went for something, you know, and you're gonna, like, be a better person for it, you're gonna be like, oh, you know, I really went for something, and even after 10 years, if it's not going super well, it doesn't mean you give up, it just means that maybe you reevaluate, you know, but I'll never give up on this shit, I could literally be failing in comedy the rest of my life, I will never give up, ever, I'm very persistent, um, I will never give up on this. And if you are trying to do anything uh, that's in the arts or anything like this or, you know, anything that uh, is out of the ordinary, then you need to also be super fucking resilient and uh, just undeniable. People say that a lot, but it's, it's true. You kind of just have to be undeniable. And um, you have to just kind of outwork everybody else that's trying to do the same thing you are. And that's one thing I'm... <sighs> Kind of capable of doing is outworking a lot of people. So, I think that's the only real uh, course of action for anybody trying to do this is outwork everybody else. A lot of people are very casual about chasing their dream. It's great they have a dream, but they're very casual about it. And I think that's because they're scared to succeed or scared to fail. And if they know that they go full balls at it and they don't make it, then they're like, "Well, I just wasn't good enough," and that's a shitty feeling. But so if they don't go hard at all, then they can kind of trick themselves into, you know, oh, if I just work harder, I'll, you know, I'll make it, but they don't ever do it. you know Or they just they think they're working hard, but they're not. Some people are very, very foolish and they're tricking themselves into thinking they're actually chasing something. Meanwhile, they're just, you know, pretty, pretty stationary. Um, that's what I, I was doing that for a while, you know, where I didn't have a car. I, I, I wasn't going on stage because I didn't have a car and. I was just smoking all my all the money I had with weed. I was just smoking all my money away and I was writing jokes, but I wasn't I wasn't making any progress. I was making very very little progress with the actual joke writing. I was getting slightly better with actually formatting and writing jokes, but I, again, you you don't really know what jokes are good until you tell them on stage. So, you know, yeah, I was writing, but I wasn't I wasn't I was doing 5% of what I was supposed to be doing. Literally not even, maybe not even 5%. I was doing next to nothing. Um, so, that's kind of what Mushrooms made me realize. And I was like, damn, this comedy thing has any chance to work out for me. Gotta get sober. Gotta take this shit serious. Gotta start attacking this in a aggressive way. And, um, that's what I'm doing. And I hope, uh, if you have anything like this in your life, you're also doing that. And if you're not, you're cheating yourself. So, I think, uh, I think, I think no matter how hard you're working, you can probably work harder. You can probably dedicate a little bit more time to it. Even if it's not actually like physical working, it can be in your mind. You can do the mental work. You know what I'm saying? That's important. Uh, cause obviously you have to be at work or you have to take care of your kids, but like there's times during the day where you could be thinking about your dream and about how to, how to make it happen and how to, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're doing, do the mental work too, it's important, but, uh, this has gone on for way too long, so I'm just gonna end this abruptly, I guess, but, wow, 33 minutes, <laughs> um, started with Hunter Thompson, ended with, uh, me giving some motivational fucking speech, basically, hope it wasn't too corny, um, this has been the White Trash Podcast, thank you for listening.